Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show, just ahead of Divisional Weekend. For many, the best weekend in the football calendar. A delighted to say, back alongside me, Will Gavin, Simon Clancy, Marcel and Michael McQuaid, and not Ollie Hunter, because apparently in the Dales he has Wi-Fi that is run by a small duck on a water wheel, just running round in circles trying to get something going. If only it was um, that reliable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, obviously we're here, we're going to talk about the divisional round uh, coming up this weekend, but first and foremost, the home teams have been announced for the NFL International Series games. We've got five games in Europe this year with the, the Mexico game being off basically for the next couple of years while the Estadio Azteca gets ready for the next World Cup. And so it's going to be three in London, two in Germany, as we talked about previously, the Chiefs and Patriots in Germany, and we get... The Jags at Wembley and the Bills and the Titans at Tottenham. Five playoff caliber teams over recent years. You know, teams who have played in AFC Championship games. Three teams are in the divisional round weekend this weekend. And obviously the point of the NFL is you can never predict what it's going to be like come October, come November, whenever these games might be played. But Simon first, you know... I think back to the years where we didn't have the 17-game schedule and nine home games a season, and it was very difficult to get good teams to come to London. It's nice to see some good teams coming to London. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I grew up in an era where I listened to the NFL on the Armed Forces Radio, and just as the ball was thrown into the end zone, and then it would be a commercial break, and you wouldn't know what happened. So, yeah, I mean... Always thankful for these games uh, and good teams like Buffalo, you know, Josh Allen in London. It's fantastic to, to see that. And I, I know that, you know, the Titans have had an up and down year. And I think if they get Ryan Tannehill back healthy, then, you know, hopefully things will look up. But yeah, and Jacksonville, a playoff team going to Kansas City this weekend with a chance to to head to the AFC title game. It's three really good teams, but really jacked up to see the Bills. I mean, that will be a, um, yeah, that's a great team. And, you know, so many good personalities on that team. That should be a fun week. Yeah, not just Josh Allen, Mike, but Stefan Diggs, Von Miller when he gets back healthy. Like, we know that team's great top to bottom, but they've got the superstars that they can put on the posters to line Tottenham High Street as you approach, and every one of them being like a player you go wow about. Could you imagine Chick King that morning of that game? There'd be, there'd be tables outside, everyone go absolutely mental opposite the stadium. It's fitting that uh, the back of my house, I'm looking at it right now, the back garden is covered in snow. We're, we're a barbecue and a few beers on the table away from a Bill's Mafia tailgate. Um, I'm, I'm buzzing with the games and I was talking to uh, my compadres over at Gridiron Deutschland who are das good about the Chiefs and the Patriots. Everyone's buzzing. I mean, well, we've seen the big Chiefs sign on the way out to the airport after the game. Like, you know, we're coming soon. So it was pretty obvious it was going to happen. But the, the London games are awesome. The Germany games are awesome. And I now start lighting a candle for hopefully a Steelers game in Dublin in two years. Who knows? Did you just say das good? Das good, yeah. That's good. Amazing. That's good. Shameful. <laughs> it wasn't great. Shameful. It wasn't you, great. It's a new low, Will. It's a new low. <laughs> Uh, look, uh, we, we, we can continue giving our thoughts on it, but let's hear from uh, one of the main men for making these things happen, uh, both in his work over in the US with NFL Media over the last 10 or 15 years and now back in the UK as the NFL UK General Manager. Uh, I caught up today after the announcement with Henry Hodgson. Uh, so delighted to say, joined by the NFL UK General Manager, Henry Hodgson. A uh, huge amount of exciting, excitement amongst the NFL UK fan base, Henry, after the announcement uh, today. So uh, firstly, you guys must be absolutely buzzing in the office there. 
Yeah, we are very excited. Well, when yeah, when we found out the the lineup of teams that we're going to have as designated teams in London this year, uh, and those for Germany to um, for that matter, just couldn't have been more excited about the quality of teams that are going to be coming to to London and to Germany. And and you're right, we are collectively buzzing about uh, the 2023 games. Now we've just got ten months to wait. <laughs> but I, that's why I like announcements at a time like this, is because you start to get into that mindset of there's only seven games left of the season and then you've got that long old off season so now's the moment to pitch from the excitement to make sure that i've got we need something to carry us to the combine and to the draft and everything else exactly this is the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> exactly um look does it make it i was wondering you said about finding about the designated teams how much easier has that become now that it's 17 games you have the nine home games and and for you guys you know that the the noticeable quality over the last two years of teams being willing to give up a home game because of this designation. Now, it's it's remarkable how good those ga- those teams have been the last two years. Yeah, I mean you're right. I think it, I think the commitment that the teams have now to to play internationally is really important, and that's certainly helps make sure that we get teams you know willing to come and and play here, Germany, Mexico, etc. Um, I think there's also a sort of you know a bit of an element of of luck, and as we all know, you can you can look at a game on paper in January one you know of the same year that the game's taking place, and and um, you know you can't the NFL's um, so balanced that you won't know exactly what you get until until the day they show up in in London or wherever uh, in the future. But I think you know the quality of these teams; these are teams that have have been consistently great. And what I'm really excited about is you know as you head into divisional round of the playoffs two of our teams that are going to be coming to play in London later this year are, are still alive, which is which is really exciting. Yeah, I'd argue all five, as we're sat now, look like they could and should be playoff teams yep. next year. Like, you, you wouldn't be stunned at all if, if they were. And, yeah, I, 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 it was noticeable today just how positive people were uh, around that, and particularly Buffalo. That's the one that I think people are, are particularly hyped about. And I, I was interested because... As you can imagine, speculation the last few weeks has been rife. People get all excited about it, wanting to guess who the teams are. Yep. There was a lot of talk about the Jets and the Dolphins as the international home marketing teams. Almost surprised that it wasn't those teams that, that were coming out because they've got such a stake in the market now. And we've seen how much they've pushed to be uh, present in the UK. Yeah, so, I mean, I think probably just for listeners who probably, you know, maybe don't completely understand how this process works, right? Um, a couple of years ago, when when the schedule um, was extended to the 18th week, there was also a commitment that every team would play once every eight years, and that it would bounce back and forth between the AFC and the NFC, depending on which conference had that extra game or extra home game. Uh, so, so this year, you're right. We're coming up in 2023. Is the AFC has that extra game, and and to your point, our three AFC, although it is balanced, but that's only by coincidence. Our three AFC UK HMA clubs are the Jags, who obviously have this ongoing commitment to play here, and then to your point, the Jets and Dolphins. I think when we spoke to them, they they were certainly the first teams whose doors we knocked on in this process. Um, they had both just played here in 2021, again, by coincidence, that was prior to the HMA program um, being underway. Um, but as a result, I think both felt that they wanted to to maybe look at, at the future, i.e. two years down the line or four years down the line, um, and continue to do what they've been doing to to grow and, and engage the fans they have in the UK you know, with, the, with the, the same process that they're using currently and, and have that big moment here 
um, in the future. And I, I think that's that's absolutely right and, and great that they gave it the consideration. Um, I think what you can expect to see is is more from them, regardless of them playing here or not. Ex- expect to see more from both of those teams and for that matter, all six UK HMA clubs. Because it isn't just about playing games here. It's about being present, having watch parties, etc. And I know you've been part of that, but also, you know, I think hopefully fans have had a chance to to experience and see that these clubs are really, you know, planning on being very active here to, to as I say, grow the fan base and, and to get... Sorry, I fell over slightly there, but I got you at the end. Um, uh, The uh, yeah, uh, undoubtedly very excited time to be an NFL UK fan. Super exciting time to be a German fan as well. I know that they they mentioned me when you were on with Talk Sport, but I I still come away from Munich last year. Think that that's up there with the very best events I've attended. Full stop in terms of a live sports event, whether it's a Super Bowl, whether it's you know college games. All of those events, the, the atmosphere, the fan base, so incredible. I, not to put words in anyone's mouth, but I feel like the decision to put two games in Germany might have been quite an easy one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, I suppose there was an element of luck also to that in that Mexico, because of the renovations that are taking place at Estadio Azteca, um, mm. meant that they couldn't host a game. So I think the fact that we had, if you like, a spare game, a game to play somewhere, um, you know the, the success of the Germany game, albeit that wasn't a surprise, I don't think to to many people here. But the success of that just sort of underscored, you know, the desire and demand for for the sport in Germany. And and so you're right. In the end, um, it felt like a bit of a no-brainer to to double down on on what we're doing in that market. Do we know anything at the moment about Munich, Frankfurt, two in one city split between the two? Anything like that at the current time? All of that is being explored. Um, I would expect that you know sort of around or towards that schedule release time so april or may uh we'll be able to to confirm all of those those types of things uh, and look, I, i'd be remiss not to ask you about it but uh you know a lot of people tweeted when we put out the announcement out there lots of excitement but also you know these are hugely in demand games we saw all those screenshots of eight hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand people in the queue trying to get tickets when can we expect ticket announcements and you know what are the NFL doing to try and make sure that the tickets end up in the hands of fans uh, as much as possible? Yeah, it's a great question, Will, and something we've focused on really since sort of September, October, when when I had arrived in this role. I really want to make sure that we we do a better job of getting tickets into into fans' hands. So we've you know slightly changed and updated that registry of interest process and if anyone's listening hasn't done that yet go and go and register your interest in in buying tickets for the games in london and germany if you want to as well um but um the plan is to work really closely with ticketmaster and make sure that as best as we can and look the uh, you know there's going there's huge demand for this um for these for these games so the ticket sales are going to be, you know, oversubscribed, I would say, compared to, to the number of seats available. But we want to do as much as we can working with Ticketmaster to make sure that fans are able to get their hands on those tickets. And last one from me, just, you know, you mentioned it, September, October, you came back over, been working here for a while now, a few times I've seen you, you've seemed to be enjoying the role. How has that first kind of six months been for you and how excited are you for the upcoming season and the continued growth out here? Uh, it's been good, thanks. Well, thank you for checking in on me. Um, it's, been, it's been really good. <laughs> I always like to make sure you're all right, Henry. You know, it's a big transition. That. Thank you. Um, no, it's been really good. Look, it it was it uh, um, honestly quite a whirlwind stepping in when I arrived, and you know there were games imminent. Um, I think um, you know 
having the fan base that we have in this market is amazing and and first and foremost that's the that's the thing that really gets me excited is is you know the fan base we have and the potential fan base we we're going to have in the future we've got a great team here at the uk office as well and uh, you know the the team here has done an awesome job of delivering those amazing games but you know everything else that goes on behind the scenes with nfl academy the nfl flag programs etc um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really in a very lucky, enviable situation, and and we're looking forward to continuing that growth in in the next year and beyond. I've always said it, but I can remember first staying at Talksport eleven years ago now, and there maybe being two of us in the office who got excited for these things. Now, after the announcement was teased this morning, I came in today, and you know, fifteen, twenty different people coming up and asking, "What do you know? When are we going to know? What's being announced?" Like people are desperate for this information, so it's really great to see and, and love the work you guys are doing. And yeah, thanks for bringing some great teams over this year. <laughs> I'm not going to take the credit for that, but I appreciate it. Thank you, Will. And thank you for everything you do to help us grow the sport as well. It's really important to us. Love it. Appreciate it, Henry. Thank you so much. That was really great. The lovely Henry Hodgson there. Uh, I hope that Michael cut off the bit before the end, before it all got became a bit too much of a love-in. Uh, it was all I mean, like, oh, it's been great. The who, doesn't love a bit of, who doesn't love a bit of Hank, though? You know, what a guy. What, what a guy. And, what a and look, guy. I... I think he was great on the teams. He was great on the process, gave us some really good information there. You know, there was a speculation and I'd heard that, you know, the Dolphins and Jets were both likely teams because of the marketing agreement. Fascinating to hear that both teams specifically wanted to wait two more years, four more years before they gave up a home game to give them more time to build up that fan base here in the UK, like to get their cool moment down the line. I thought that was great to hear. Um, I, I had to ask about the tickets. It's the thing that we get immediately tweeted about the moment that we put it out there. It does sound like it's in their mind. It does sound like it's something they're trying to work on and work with. But at the end of the day, while Ticketmaster still has the agreement it has with the NFL and Ticketmaster still has the problems that it has with touts and with you know the, the ability to get in and buy multiple tickets, there is only a certain amount they can do. It's good to hear they're doing what they can, but... Yeah, I, I know people will be frustrated about tickets. At least it's nice to know they're doing something, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess even before we know who the uh, opponent is for the Buffalo Bills, that's going to be a hugely sought after game. I've seen online uh, people in their thousands were already asking about tickets and Bills fans in the UK, Europe, Ireland, wherever, were just dying to get some. So it doesn't matter who the opponents are, both games will sell out. And obviously the Jaguars going to Wembley as well. So, um, I, I'm really intrigued to see what the demand's like and, and also to see how crazy it gets for Germany because I remember I was 700,000 last year. So I'm sure the NFL will do a good job in sorting all that. Can I throw something out there? I'm going to go Bills Raiders in terms of the, the fixture. I, I don't think it'll be an I don't think the Jets, with the question marks of quarterback, I don't think it'll be the Jets because I feel that feels that's got blowout written all over it. I don't think it'll be the Dolphins because I don't think that having played each other three times last season, division rivals, it's a big game. Dolphins won 2019, Bills won 31-29, Bills won 34-31 in the playoffs in a great playoff game. That's got Sunday night, Monday night football written all over it. I don't think that they're going to want to give up a game that will be a, a, a big draw primetime game, especially after the, the playoff game last weekend. So I, I'm, I'm going to go Raiders, actually. I think that's that could be because obviously so many historic Raider fans over in this country in terms of you know people that grew up with the game in the 80s when the Raiders were were massive with Marcus Allen and stuff. So, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think one thing that caught my attention with it as well is that 
the the fact that with both Miami and, and New York, they said that the that they'd played here in the last couple of years, just before the the new international marketing home agreement thing came in. So. Uh, the Raiders, it's been a while since they've been here, but only a couple of years. Similarly with the Cowboys, that's another one on their schedule that looks like a, a, a possibility. Actually, with the Bills, they're playing a lot of the teams who are already on the um, <laughs> who have already played here this year or in recent years. So New England, Jacksonville, the Giants who were here last year, Denver who were here last year, Tampa Bay who were here last year. And they don't want to try and put that on teams in kind of back-to-back years unless they are asking for it so yeah the Raiders stood out to me Dallas did stand out to me as well I think with Dallas it's the same reason that we see with why it's so hard to get Green Bay over here it's people don't want to give up a home game against Dallas huge yeah. traveling fan base huge sales on their own part ticket prices for the you know single game tickets they will put at their highest rate in the highest banding and similarly I've heard that from various people that the, there are conversations about San Francisco being the team to come out and play Jacksonville would make sense. Haven't been here since 2013, but both the games they played here were in that early part of that decade. But the fact is, is for Jacksonville, San Francisco, again, good traveling team, good support nationwide in America. So those are the teams that can be hard to get aside to give a home game up for. I'd love to see it. I'd love, I mean, Bills Raiders, Jags Niners, they sound like good games to me. And then Tennessee. Tennessee are the one I could see giving up a, a, a divisional game. Mm. Um, maybe we Bill, see Bryce Young and the Texans. Who knows? Bill's Cowboys feels like arguably the best game we'll have ever had over here, if that, if that is what it is in terms of, you know, because that's two stellar teams from each conference. You know, who doesn't, you know, Josh Allen isn't going anywhere. Dak Prescott isn't going anywhere. So you know that you're going to get that full complement of quarterbacks next season. Whereas question marks with the Jets in terms of who they might question marks, even with the Raiders, with Derek Carr. But, um, you know, that that would feel like the best game we've ever had on this, on our turf over here. So very exciting. I'm going to jump in as well and say I look forward to seeing Will Gavin's face if the Bay Area does come to London. I'm sure he'll be a very, very happy man. I'll guess on the Germany side. Uh, I'm going to guess Commanders for the Patriots and I'm going to guess uh, the Lions for the Chiefs. Oh, that'd be a good game. I'd take it and run. Yeah, that would be sensational. Oh, I, I, I said to myself after this year that I, I'd try and get to one of the two Germany games next year. I, I'm already thinking about trying to go to both. <laughs> <laughs> can you play them in back-to-back weeks, please, NFL, so that I can just stay out there instead of having to travel twice? That'd be lovely. What a, what a country, by the way. What oh. a great country. And, and let's, <laughs> lest, lest we forget that they're going to be holding the Euros in the not-too-distant as yes. well. So uh, I'd like to get my German scrubbed up on so I can try and push to be out there with uh, with my That's own employees as well. <laughs> yeah, certainly to a better level than Michael's. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you say about seeing my face. I, the 49ers, the, the first time they played in London was one of the... I, I missed the first couple of London games. So the Broncos in 2010 was, I think, only my second game I saw here. And then that year with the Jags was the first time I got to go as a reporter, as somebody working on it. And so, yeah, there's special memories attached to both of those. And yeah, I'd, I'd love it. Obviously, I'd love it. If the Super Bowl champions were coming over to, to London, wouldn't everyone love it? 
No, Philly aren't coming, mate. <laughs> good, good. There are three teams in the divisional round coming over to Europe next year. It's as good a chance as we're ever going to have of one of them winning the Super Bowl and then coming yeah, over. Absolutely. A couple of them are Germany, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, should we turn our attention to the divisional round weekend and start off with Jags, Chiefs, Opening game of the weekend, 9.30 Saturday evening. I think Jacksonville's come back against uh, Los Angeles and a huge amount has obviously been made. Now, Brandon Staley's done his end-of-year press conference and you know tried to justify the, the collapse and the Jacksonville comeback. But I think if the Jags had beaten the Chargers in normal fashion, I think most people would be looking at this weekend and, and thinking that this is, you know, very much in the Chiefs to lose category, you know, double digit favourites, etc. There's something about that second half from Jacksonville. I don't know. It just appears to have got people's backs up. I've seen a lot of people saying that they think the Jags are going to give the Chiefs a real game this weekend, Simon. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think, you know, you're just riding the wave of that, um, that come from behind victory. Um, you know, Doug Peterson's a quality coach. You know, I know Matt Sherry hates him, but he's a quality coach. Um, you know, good team. We talked about the other day, good on defense. Trevor Lawrence playing really well. I know there was the four interceptions, but you have to look at the whole of the last sort of eight, ten weeks of the season in terms of how he played. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I do often worry sometimes about, you know, teams that have been in the playoffs in terms of, you know, they've known they're going to be in the playoffs for three or four weeks and, no, they don't take their foot off the pedal, but the, the, there isn't quite the competitive edge as there was. You know, I know that they're challenging for the for the number one seed and ultimately got it, but nevertheless, just having that week off and you just wonder about a team that's coming in with all this momentum. But then maybe the flip side is that the emotional side of what happened with the Jags, Mike, the other night, that maybe there was so much emotion. You know, you saw the scenes in the locker room, off to the Waffle House, all those sorts of things that, that perhaps there's just a bit of an anticlimax and, and Casey just... Just take them to it. You can obviously see myriad ways that Kansas City can win when they've got the ball and, you know, ways to get after Trevor Lawrence. But I think it will be a really tight game, Mike. I think insert the Michael Irvin meme speech. Nobody believes in you. Nobody's giving you a chance. I think Doug Peterson needs to stand there on Saturday and say that to his team. Yeah, there's that interesting concept where the Chiefs have the bye week. The Jags go through hell come back in the fashion in which they came back and really start asking questions. I've seen while putting together some social content this week on, on Gridiron. I almost forgot the first, was it the first play the Jags had in Arrowhead in November? Doug Peterson does an onside kick. The, uh, the Jags may not be the favourites for this game this weekend, and the line certainly says that, but by God, they, they will go down fighting. Um, when you've got Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Evan Engram, and Travis Etienne on the run game, you have to suggest that they're going to go in and aim to score anywhere between 34 to 38 points. Will they get there? Who knows? But if they do get 34 to 38 points. They have as much a chance as anybody, as long as they can stop the Chiefs at certain points on the offense. I'm, I'm really excited for this game. I think like, I think this could be a, the day where we see Trevor Lawrence assert himself in this league. Now, I, I think we've I seen know. that already. I, I already think we've seen that a few times. I think yeah. that is... I think we've uh, the there should be no Trevor Lawrence doubters left out there. Yes, he's still got room to grow and, and push forward, but... Uh, for me, the Jags, really like exciting young secondary who have been playing really well recently. They've got some pass rush in Josh Allen. I think that defense can cause Kansas City problems. I, I kind of feel like for Kansas City, 
what they've done better this year on offense is it's not been about the big play as much. They've been much better at moving the ball down the field, being a bit more methodical with it, using the running backs out of the backfield, using the run game. But Jacksonville, they're kind of an ultimate underdog team. You know, they start the season three and seven, somehow make the playoffs. They come back from 27 down in the, in the wildcard round. They consistently play well from behind. Whereas I was looking at the kind of DVOA stats, etc. Kansas city, when they've got a lead, Steve Spagnolo in classic Spags fashion tends to get a lot more aggressive when the Chiefs are ahead. Actually, that gives me that makes me think that you know Jacksonville if they're down by a score, even two scores in the fourth quarter, still have real opportunities with the weapons they have with Trevor Lawrence there to stage another comeback. I hate the lineup. I think it's plus nine right now. Jacksonville have. I, I expect them to keep it closer than that. I still would pick a Chiefs win, but. I, I think Jacksonville will give a brilliant account of themselves. I really do this weekend. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they do going forward as well. I think the one thing to note, though, is that they won that surprise. They had that surprise onside kick. They were plus three in the turnover battle when they played in November. And yet the Chiefs still won comfortably by, by 10 and it could have been more. So I think that's got to be something that Doug Peterson has to try and overcome because they weren't really that close in that game. So that would be an issue for me moving forwards. Do you think it's a better team now? I do, do. Definitely. I, I definitely do. But, you know, that those sorts of things linger, I think, especially when you win the turnover battle and, and you, you know, yes, 10 points isn't massive, but it didn't feel like a 10-point win. It felt like a, a bigger if, win. If they'd done it, though, right, Sam, if they won on uh, on Saturday night, it blows the AFC open. It would be incredible if they'd done it. And tailgate food wafts deliciously through the air. If not, or if you have, and you fancy doing it again, well, touchdown trips... Folks are the experts in creating amazing travel packages for your favorite NFL team. And when we say amazing, we mean it. The guys and the girls at Touchdown Trips put fans first and are passionate. The fans who book with them get a proper, unforgettable, and more importantly, a unique NFL experience. You don't just get tickets, but an authentic pre-game tailgate with local fans. College fan? You want to go to a college game? Stadium tour? Why not? As well as all that, they include flights from across the UK, they've got fantastic hotels, and anything else you may want to add, such as an NBA game, or an NHL game, or a local excursion, to create truly bespoke packages that are more importantly, from a neutral standpoint. Yeah, although I think the um, I think the winner of the AFC comes from the other game, I've got to say. It's, it's funny, we've been debating the other game a lot in the office. In fact, you know what we're going to do? Instead of going to the NFC game, let's go to the other game. Let's talk Bengals-Bills. Because we have a... Obviously, the Bills coming to London, it's generated a huge amount of attention. Uh, there's a, a big Bengals fan amongst the TalkSport staff, the great Ollie Thornton, um, who feels hugely disrespected by the way and people are talking about this game this weekend, that by the fact that the Bills opened as as five-point favourites. I think they opened as six-point favourites and have come into five-point favourites they've been backed. The fact that everyone is talking about the fact that their offensive line has had all the injuries, that the Bills are going to... It's going to be a walkover. Like, this is going to be easy for a, a Buffalo side. But I kind of feel that way. I know that when, when these teams were due to play in Week 17, and obviously that game ended in what could have been very tragic circumstances, thankfully wasn't. But I was backing the Bengals going into that game and I thought the Bengals for the first nine minutes of that game with their opening drive and the way they were setting up for that second drive, I thought they were set up for not just a win, but a good win in that game. It's obviously very still early stages, but I think the Bengals were in the right position. Losing three key members of their offensive line when it's been such a weakness the last couple of years just gives me so much pause in the playoffs and I don't know. It makes me find it very difficult to be pick the Bengals this weekend. Very difficult. Yeah, I. 
I always look, and we've talked about this before, I always look for those teams that coming down the stretch just start to really hit their straps. And because more often than not, they're the teams that, rather than the team that's, that's sort of 8-0 and or whatever, the Bengals are one of those teams that, the Jaguars too, but the Bengals are one of those teams that got really hot at the right time. You do wonder whether or not they peaked in that first quarter against Buffalo. They look so slick in that game. Compare that to the game, in fact, the two games against Baltimore, but especially the playoff game last weekend. I know they're difficult games because they're, uh, divisional games in terms of that. But like you say, there's the offensive line issues. I just wonder, Mike, do you think the offensive line is worse this year now with the injuries than it was when they got to the Super Bowl last year? With Jonah Williams with the, with the knee dislocation and, you know, it, it was been pretty porous all season long. But, you know, to go into any sort of playoff game, but a game against the Bills and then potentially a game either against, you know, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker or a, a playoff game against Frank Clark and, uh, and those guys at uh, Kansas City, that's not what you want coming down the pipe if your offensive line is really struggling, is it? I think the Bills' defense will be licking their lips this weekend. I mean, like watching that Ravens-Bengals uh, game last weekend and the amount of pressure that Joe Burrow was under was alarming. That being said, like it's it's difficult for them in, in a situation that they are where they have got so many injuries on the line where they can find a way to cover those cracks for a full 60 minutes. It's very, very difficult. So... You look at the way the Bills, yes, they did not play to their full potential last week against the Dolphins. There were some moments of magic. There were some signs of superb play from Josh Allen. If the Buffalo defense can get to Joe Burrow enough, I don't think this game is as close as it goes. And I, I, I really, something tells me that the, the Bills are just going to honestly be, be comfortable winners and so on, just, on Sunday. Maybe that's crazy, but I just think they'll win like... 28 to 14 or something. I really think the defense will come up big. I think Burrow's going to have a poor game. And you can go old take, old take expose on Sunday and screenshot this, put it in the gridiron WhatsApp group, whatever you just want. I think the Bengals are really going to struggle. And we've seen it in the Super Bowl last year. We talked about it on, on the podcast at the start of the week, the way they crumbled. I think the offensive line crumbles on Sunday. I think th- these are two really good football teams. And like, I, I, that's why I don't think it will be a demolition. And, you know, the Bengals, let's not disrespect their defense either, which carried them to the Super Bowl last year, still has a lot of the same pieces. The pass rush has stepped up in recent weeks. You know, the coordinator is still there. Like, everything is like, and the Bills' offensive line isn't their strength necessarily. So there are reasons to be cheerful for Bengals fans. I'm not suggesting blowout. I just am struggling. I, maybe the one thing I think that comes into it, Simon, and maybe it's overplayed, but you know, the, this is going to be an insanely emotional occasion and how players deal with that. I, I, I always, this is unique, but I always look at like the way that teams play the week after a big comeback win a big emotional win a big things like you know for recent years things like the minneapolis miracle they got hammered the next week because you get to that point and it's very difficult to raise your game again uh that is the one thing that makes this a bigger question mark for me because both teams are going to be going through heavy heavy emotions seeing each other on the field again and which coaching staff and which team deal better with that might be a huge deciding factor on what this I will, do you think tomorrow Harmon will come out at the start? I wouldn't be surprised if he did the coin toss or something like that I kind of or as a captain or, or something like that what I will say about that and I think the Bengals will win this game actually um, what I will say is that the Dolphins left about 175 yards of dropped passes on the field mm-hmm. you had the deep two deep balls to Waddle that were dropped a deep ball to Mike Gesicki that was dropped Tyreek Hill had two drops I, you know 
and this we're talking about T Higgins and we're talking about Jamar Chase and we're talking about Tyler Boyd. I would not be surprised if the Bengals shocked everybody and won this game. Um, and I just think that they've just got a superpower offense. And if, even if it means keeping a back in, maybe see more of Samaji P Ryan, who's a much better in pass protection than Joe Mixon um, and just keeping him in uh, and quick throws to those receivers who are really good at making yards after the catch. I just wouldn't be surprised to see the Bengals walk out there with a win. And I think it'll be a really tight, really intense, emotional, you know, could could well be game of the season. It's good. just got that vibe about it. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's nine, no, eight o'clock Sunday evening. Uh, it's an earlier kickoff, isn't it? Uh, it's NFC games then. Giants-Eagles, Saturday night in the primetime slot, as is a surprise to nobody. This is a funny one to me when we're talking about the, um, the competitive balance, when we're talking about people forgetting about teams. I feel like the Eagles having a week off. I feel like the Eagles having the two losses without Jalen Hurts there. I feel like people have kind of forgotten the Eagles are a really, really good football team because the number of picks I'm seeing for the Giants and the conversation about is something special happening there? Is this like the two Eli Manning Super Bowl runs? And I love Dayball and I love what the Lions have managed to do and I love how they've managed to turn Daniel Jones around in this season. I just think that Philadelphia are a much better, much deeper football team. And this is unfortunately where that fairy tale stops. But maybe I'm a cynic, Simon. Yeah, maybe. I, I think it goes back to that point I said earlier on about, you know, with the the, the, the lost games, with the, with the Hurts injury, kind of not looking great when they came back, the week off, those sorts of things. But then, you know, the flip side is they, they've been phenomenal all season. They're brilliantly coached. It's going to be a great back. Uh, great matchup between Wink's defense and Shane Steichen's offense. Um, you know, nobody's been able to shut shut Hurts down all season. Miles Sanders is playing really well. The receivers are great. And then you just look at that deep. Well, you look at both lines actually. Both the the job that that they've done in terms of building um, both lines. The offensive line is phenomenal with Dickerson and with Mylata and Kelsey and Lane Johnson and the, def- and the defensive line. Brandon Graham's still going, but. You know, inside out, just great talent. And then that secondary with those corners of, of Slay and Bradbury. And then Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who is just a phenomenal player. Um, I, I can't... As impressive as the Giants were at the weekend and as good as they've become with Daniel Jones at quarterback, I, I, I find it hard to, to, to see anything other than a, than a Eagles victory, Mike. Yeah, I watched a bit of tape from the Giants-Vikings game yesterday. And honestly, just to say, Ian how exciting the Giants were to watch last weekend. It was just phenomenal, phenomenal play. From an X-Factor quarterback and Daniel Jones that can run, I, I give the Eagles, or I, I'll give the Giants the running back position as a strength of power over the Eagles in, in, in the sense of the way Saquon's played. And it goes down to Daniel Jones. Can he make those runs when he's under pressure and try and gain some first downs on maybe third and long situations, third and seven, third and eighth against this Eagles team? We're recording this on January the 19th. Uh, the last time Jalen Hurts played, when you would argue that he was fully healthy, was a month ago, December the 18th. He's fully practicing this this week in practice. Uh, sorry, a full participant. Can he make deep shots? Can he make his playmaker throws? Can he put his marker on the game in the same way that he can? If he can, the Eagles win this game comfortably. That being said, the Giants should be extremely proud of themselves Uh in every facet of the game in terms of what they've Mike done. Mike McQuaid giving them a pat on the back. Um, how lovely. But I think the Eagles, like, I'm, well, I am genuinely intrigued to see how the Eagles come out because you, we've seen them without, without Jalen Hurts. 
the pressure is on like all the pressures on the Eagles here. There's not an iota of pressure on the Giants. Not one person expects the Giants to win this game. So let's see what happens. I, I tell you, the one thing I am intrigued to see from a uh, as a matchup perspective is that the Giants line. You know, Dexter Lawrence has been excellent through the middle. They they feel like their defensive front has been much improved. No Lane Johnson this week is a problem for the yeah. Eagles. One of Jalen Hurts' biggest areas of improvement in the entirety of this season has been how good he's been under pressure, how brilliant he's been at both reading the blitz, at escaping the pockets at the right time, moving up in the pocket at the right time. Like His, his decision-making is just leaps and bounds. But coming off that injury, is that still going to be the same? Will the Giants get some play up front? That's the area where I think the Giants, you know, that, that that's, a, that's a big question mark area for me that I'm going to be watching out for. But yeah, I... I I love all these matchups this weekend. There's great things to take from all of them. I just feel like the Eagles are probably going to be too much for, for New York. I think this is the one that me- most people are picking upset in. I think this is the one with the Ooh. tightest line by by country mile. Um, I think most people seem to have forgotten that the Dallas Cowboys were playing a Buccaneers team who didn't deserve to be in the playoffs last week before they head to San Francisco. Doesn't mean I don't have fear about this game. Doesn't mean I'm not concerned about this game. Cowboys Niners, Sunday night, prime time. Yeah, I think it's the second most played playoff game of all time. It's an absolute classic. It's a barn burner. It was a good game last year. I think it's going to be a great game this year. Yeah, I think it'll I think it'll be an excellent game. I to be honest, I think the 49ers will win this comfortably. I just think they're too good. I think they're too good defensively. I think they're too good offensively. Um I also think they had that clear advantage in preparation, you know, two more days off from the Cowboys. But also when the Giants won on Saturday, uh or on Sunday, sorry, I, I think they would have likely have gone all in on Dallas prep since they'd already played Buc- the Buccaneers and would have done, you know, a fair amount of film work on them. Um, already. So I just, you know, I just look at the 49ers and just think, you know, I said it last week, there's going to come a Brock Purdy fall. Do Dallas have the defense to have a Brock Purdy fall? And how do they set up that defense? You know, the battle between Dan Quinn and and Carl Shanahan will be huge, Mike, won't it? I mean, what will they do with Micah Parsons? Will Micah Parsons spy? Will he spy McCaffrey in terms of, you know, if you get 15, 18 touches for McCaffrey, you know, in the passing game and in the, out the slot in the uh, and as a running back, you know, that takes Micah Parsons away from what he does best, which is blitz. But then, you know, that leaves so many, so many players open. And you look at that 49ers, they're so, that 49ers offense are so loaded. Is it McCaffrey or Elijah Mitchell or Ray Ray McLeod? And here comes Debo and, and, and Purdy can move the ball with his legs. And here's Juwan Jennings and here's Brandon Ayuk. Oh, and don't forget about Ross Dwelly. Oh, and here's George Kittle. And you know, there are so many players that can hurt you in so many different ways. And all of them working as a, a perfect unit, whether that's blocking, whether that's, you know, whatever it is that they do. Um, you know, you have to look at Brandon Ayuk's block down the field for for, for Samuel's touchdown, Mike. It's just, uh, it's a perfectly oiled machine. And I think as long as that offensive line can keep Purdy up and as long as Purdy keeps his head in the game, I just don't. I think the 49ers will, will will beat the Eagles next week because they've just got. It's going to be such a great game, but I can't see anything Will and Mike other than the 49ers win, which is probably the death knell. And look at Willie's little face; he's so excited. But yeah, 49ers terrified. 49ers terrified. I am known to be in the jinx um, on the internet for everything, and I'm going to say it now. I've got the Niners going to the Super Bowl. Um, I find it incredible that Dan Quinn has got an interview with the Denver Broncos on Friday this week when they're playing the Niners in the NFC Divisional game. 
this weekend. That is, that's one thing. And then we were on the podcast on Monday evening and I think we were all a bit tired. Boys, we're not doing the Monday night playoff game ever again. It, it's too much three days in a row, three late nights in a row. But uh, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that you know, the Niners have had two days extra than the Cowboys to prepare for this. And, you know, Will, you, you said it to me yourself during this game about, about this Tampa Bay team didn't deserve to be there. Look, obviously the Cowboys took their opportunities, but the reality is they're going up against a, a Niners team with, I don't want to say Mr. Irrelevant because it's the, the, the cheesy term to say, but Brock Purdy uh, averages a higher EPA than Patrick Mahomes when he's on the field. So hopefully that's uh, music to people's ears. <laughs> I mean, and that's mental. That and and you've got to talk small sample size. You've got to talk about opponents. You've got to talk about all of that. However, however, <laughs> I think that the, the way that Carl Shanahan sets up that offense, the way that with Christian McCaffrey, there can be so multiple. I'm sure people saw that Dan Olofsky 21 personnel video he did, where he's like, the 49ers can leave 21 personnel on the field for an entire drive and play nine different formations out of that same personnel. It's ridiculous how multiple they are and how difficult that is to break down as a defense. I I think the Cowboys could go like, they could go big nickel and play an extra safety and just try and counteract that and basically focus on yeah, I, I think actually what you saw a couple of teams do earlier in the season was just man up on the 49ers and try and keep it as simple as possible. And maybe they try and do something like that and it might work. But actually, I think outside of if their big superstars step up, if Michael Parsons just has a monster game and we can't handle him, if that doesn't happen, I can genuinely see the 49ers putting up 35 points in this game. I just, every time I see that offense step on the field... And that's against the Cowboys defense, who for much of the year we talked about being top three. That terrifies me that I think that way. And it sets me up for a massive fall. But you're going to put it on the internet and I'm going to get old takes exposed myself. I just, I really, I've seen a lot of people, this has got the lowest over under of the weekend that I actually think it might turn into a shootout. And I'm excited about that. But uh, I'll, uh, look, we've got the Tales from the Bay podcast where you can hear more of my thoughts on the 49ers. So uh, I'll make my pick here and I'll say San Francisco. But yeah, we'll get into more depth with it with Nicholas uh, on that show. Um, God, it's, I wish we were playing first again this weekend. That was so much better last weekend. I could just enjoy the rest of it without the stress. Uh, now I've just got three playoff games where I'll be keeping half an eye on it and then spend the rest of the time biting my nails. Uh, <laughs> Simon, <laughs> any final thoughts uh, before we sign off on uh, another cracking show? No, I just want to wish you the best of luck, Will. I mean, it'd be, it would be unbelievable to be in this position to be nervous about, about a uh, divisional game, something I've not had for 22 whole years. So... Yeah, good luck. It should be, I think it's going to be a great weekend of football. Some cracking games. You can just, you know, pick either of them, any of them. You're just like, wow, that's a great game. Oh, actually, that's a great game. Well, Bills, I mean, Bills, Bengals, I'm really looking forward to. I think it should be an absolute barn burner. In fact, the two Sunday games, really, both of them have got absolutely special K written all over them. So, as they would say, as, as Mike might say on a trip to Munich, that's good. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I will wish you luck as well, my friend. And as, and as a Denver Broncos fan who's been through more quarterbacks than girlfriends, uh, I find it incredible that Brock Purdy's come in and done the job. So fair play, not jealous at all. And I'll echo what Sai says. And I hope, I hope Trevor Lawrence turns it on on Saturday night. I want to see a full weekend of crazy games, overtime, 
You name it. Uh, I want to see the Bills game go to overtime just because of what happened last year. Love it. Absolutely love it. Gents, always good fun. Uh, very excited about the London games. Uh, check out all our content across uh, Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram. I can't remember what it is on on Snapchat. Are we on Snapchat, Mike? No, we're, we're, not, like, we're, we're not on Snapchat, but I, I will definitely look into it. <laughs> I think we should do a Discord. Me and Simon talked about this earlier. Let's, let's set up a Discord channel for the fans. Um, uh, yes, the other one as well, TikTok. All the good places. Uh, thank you so much for watching. My space is there. Are we there? <laughs> uh, Habbo Hotel, Bebo, all the big names. We'll put this. <laughs> thank you so much for watching and listening. This has been the Gridiron Show. <laughs> <laughs>